Welcome in, everybody. Another episode of The Best Bets, presented by our fine folks at Field 68, which is sponsored by our even finer folks at Bet Rivers. I'm Matthew Cox. The other guy is Kai McKeon. The other other guy is Jimothy Root. It's hump day, gentlemen. Uh, pretty standard slate of games tonight. Nothing unique or wild or crazy. Let's just get right into takeaways, Kai. Let's be business. Let's be professional today. Let's yes. not mess around. A lot of chat yes. mob activity as we like to see it. We'll get to that obviously throughout the show, but what did you learn last night or did you kind of ignore learnings? Did you uh, shun basketball? You know, Matt, you always learn something from these fantastic slates. Hey, how about that Arkansas win over Auburn? And more specifically, how about that celebration at the end of the game? I don't know if you guys yeah, saw wow. the last play Arkansas guy, really cool dunk. Uh, Light basically, show coordinated, basically teabagged the Auburn player. Probably would have started a fight, but the crowd rushed immediately. Little light, <laughs> little light show interplay with it. It was awesome. Um, I'm sure it was a fun environment to be in, especially as an Arkansas student. Love that type of stuff, Jim. Rush the court every single game, says I. Yeah, why not? I don't know about the light show for safety purposes. That's I, I, that's <laughs> it a looked terrifying for me to defend. <laughs> it looked wild. Um, like four people could have just jacked Wendell Green in the face, and no one really would have known. Wouldn't have been able yeah, to see it on film. So I, I don't know, but I do. I do love a court storm. Um, my takeaway is that the WCC did not help itself last night. Uh, San Francisco, with basically the mortal sin of losing as nearly a twenty-point favorite at home, a Q4 loss. It's going to stay in Q4. It ain't going anywhere. And Portland wasn't even full strength. So can't do that. San Francisco and St. Mary's, Matt. Uh, much more difficult yep. game. Not, not going to be a, a major blemish on the resume road game at St. Santa Clara. But still, got to rack up those wins if you want those four bids. No doubt. Uh, I guess I'll two for, for my takeaway was, um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on what I was just going to say. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll add that Marist owns Monday. Yeah, go ahead. And it sucked. So Yeah, that's weird, yeah, right? Maybe, that's maybe you can think of your, your, your takeaway now. Oh, two teams that I think we need to reevaluate, or let's not let pr- recently prior games influence our perception of them: Purdue and LSU. I think the keys for both teams: Jaden Ivey and Xavier Pinson. Xavier Pinson just being healthy for LSU it makes a difference. He didn't play a ton last night; it wasn't like dominant, but just having him out there completely changes the complexion of that team. Got a big one at Texas A&M, a spot I thought they were due for a uh, another loss in their skid, and then Purdue. I mean, Jaden Ivey just take off the harness and let him run is what Mr. Painter did pick and roll. Just having him go freedom with no restrictor plates, no bumpers scary to, to think what that team can be when you have that type of Purdue option, along with your bully ball up front, along with your painter intricate offense, just so many ways I can beat you uh, on that side I, of the I floor. Think, I think Robbie Hummel said last night, there's a point where the game was still kind of in doubt and Ivy scored or assisted on 17 of their 19 points. It, it was so, a takeover. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was like, Illinois was punching right back. Like Plummer hit two of those wild shots. I for sure thought Illinois was going to take him right to the wire, but Ivy completely um, asserted himself. And we are lucky that Trent Frazier is going to be okay. Knock on wood. Scary moment there. All right, kids, let's get into it. The outline. We start off with some Big 12 action, Kai. Just a quick teaser. I like a lot of short road favorites this evening. Again? And Again, okay. I know. I'm deja vu. I thought you said that. Deja vu. Is that yesterday too? Yeah, I like them a lot today. And two will lead off here with the Big 12. <laughs> Oklahoma hosting Texas Tech. Uh, the Sooners are reeling right now, Kai, but not that they're playing poorly or that not that they're bad. It's just the Big 12 is unforgiving. And Texas Tech comes to town. So certainly no layup here. Uh, short spread opened around a field goal. Uh, Texas Tech like that again, another short favorite spot. I do lean the, the Red Raiders, Kai. What are you looking at? 
Yeah, it spots Oklahoma. Uh, they, they need this game, literally, to stay in tournament contention. They're still somehow there, folks, in the bracket conversation. Uh, but, yeah, Texas Tech looks, looks incredible. They survived that hangover game against West Virginia. Sure, there was no Taz Sherman, but still an impressive win uh, at Westfall after the Texas Super Bowl game they had. Maybe a second straight road game is more dangerous. Uh, maybe it's a little bit of a sleepy spot for Texas Tech. I just don't know how Oklahoma's going to score, Jim. I mean, they do most of their damage inside the arc on offense, and that's basically what Texas Tech's defense is designed to stop. Big 12 opponents, 42% inside the arc this season against them. They're incredible. They're an iron wall. Yeah, Oklahoma's fifth in the country in two-point percentage. It's going to be hard to uh, have that work against this Texas Tech defense. Uh, the one thing I'm looking at, it, it, Texas Tech's paint defense is terrific, but they haven't uh, played against many stretch bigs where they can kind of invert the floor a little bit the way Tanner Groves can. I'm thinking if he can actually pull some of the better rim defenders away from the paint for Texas Tech, maybe Oklahoma has a little more of a chance there. And Oklahoma does take a fair amount of threes. They just haven't hit that many. Uh, so perhaps they can loosen up the court. It, it is a total home run spot for Oklahoma, I think. Just the the schedule that Texas Tech has had to play, the amount of good games they played in a row. Um, so I'm actually leaning towards Oklahoma, Matt. Uh, I'm not betting it, but I, I think in the theme on the outline today is is like desperate home teams. Yeah, right. Maybe a slightly better competition. So. Yep. No, definitely a common narrative there throughout a lot of these games we'll discuss. I have no strong take. I mean, the line opened at three and a half, three. It's pretty much right there. Uh, total has also been pretty stagnant, 127 and a half. I think we all think it's going to be an ugly-ish game, but I don't have any strong like shooting regression or matchup angle or pace uh, takes on the total here. So again, I'll be on the fence for both side and total and this one. Let's head to the Octagon of Doom. Second game on the outline, Jimbo, Kansas State hosting Baylor. And you guys are bracketologist experts. I'm not sure where Kansas State stands in the tourney picture right now, but I obviously went over Baylor would do a lot of good for you. Key injury note here tonight, Baylor again with some personnel question marks as they have been the last few weeks. Uh, LJ Cryer, a game time decision. I tend to think he is uh, immensely important, but those guards are all incredibly important with Akinjo and uh, and Flagler. When they're all going, they are tough to corral. Jim, does K-State pop them at home here in this high home spot, or uh, does Baylor take care of business on the road? Um, I, I know this was was Pat Taylor's lock of the day. It's Baylor, so you know, hard to lean against that. Should Up mention to minus that seven, were, the Taylor uh, steam. Pat, look at you, man. People are. Should mention that there were game time decisions for Texas Tech too, both Shannon and Arms. So there, there is some. Uh, Health question in the previous game too. I want to make sure we get that oh, info out there. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, Kansas State definitely fringe at best. I would say probably the kind of, the kind of the way that Virginia was, like not really looking at the tournament, but beating a top five team. That's how you get your name into it. That's how you you stack the top of your resume. And we talked about Kai how Kansas State is a little bit different than most Big Twelve teams because they can spread the floor. They can go four guards or four shooters and make it a little more difficult to guard. I still just kind of think Baylor's better. They're more physical, uh, should beat them up in the paint. And if Cryer's back, then I would lean towards the Bears. Again, not betting this one, though. Yeah, uh, game one, Baylor didn't have James Akinjo. Still won by 25, scored 1.2 points per possession, allowed .79. And that's indicative, Matt, of K-State's offense. It can sputter. It oftentimes relies on hero ball. Specifically, Mark Smith has kind of been the hero. And if you're relying on him against Baylor, I think you're in trouble. They do have good, very experienced guards and ball handlers who are poised. Marquise Noel, he has had a good season this year in the Big 12. He doesn't turn the ball over very much. 
Um, so maybe they can handle the ball pressure. Baylor likes to throw teams. Last game played 62 possessions. It's probably slow again, but Akinjo is back in the lineup most likely. Yeah, Baylor's, Baylor's got a huge rebounding edge. They're far more talented. They're also off a loss, Matt. And K-State, K-State is off two wins. I don't know how you want yep. to factor that in. Yep. I think no, seven's I think getting a little high for the Octagon of Doom, but it's Baylor, and I, I'm scared to fade Baylor. Yeah, and Kansas State can make shots. Uh, they are a you know tough shot making team. The problem is that against Texas Tech's you know switchable length on the perimeter, those shots are going to usually be contested and, and without airspace uh, room to breathe. That's so going to make life a lot more difficult. I tend to think LJ Cryer of the three Baylor guards is actually like the least important. Just how good Akinjo has been and how much I love Flagler. But last three games, I think Baylor's zero and three against the number, um, and those coincide with the games that Cryer has missed. So something to. Uh, Something to look at there, and all three of those games, so or Sohan's been back too for, um, for that for the front line. All right, we're going to the AAC. Jim, our ponies, SMU, hosting Houston, uh, a team that defies all logic, losing players left and right, somehow playing better and better and better. Um, just beat Cincinnati pretty handily on the road. Like every test that you line up against Houston, they continue to knock it out of the park. Now I know they haven't played like the creme de la creme. Yeah, these are they're like going to, third grade yeah. quizzes. They're they're not really yeah, but they're acing them, Jim. Like on repeat, no mental errors, consistent. I mean, Cincinnati's no picnic, man. Going up going up there and playing a team with that kind of defense. This is a home run spot for SMU. I, I can't even like underscore how big this game means just in the grand picture of the Tim Yankovich tenure. Um, where this program's at right now in the bubble picture, what this one would mean. I mean, you go down the list. I like the ponies here, but um, I've said I liked insert team that Houston's playing a lot the last few weeks and it's not gone well. So. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I think I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards SMU. Not quite best bet for the show, but it, it is something I'm going to be wagering on small. I, I think Kendrick Davis has a little bit of an advantage here. Uh, Houston's great with their help defense. They're going to swarm the post. That's not how SMU wants to play. I think you can beat them. If you can beat them one-on-one dribble penetration, get into the the teeth of defense, force them to collapse, that's when they might struggle a little bit. you got to force them to double. They're so strong in those help situations, but they could overhelp. And then you hit hit some shooters. And kind of my main concern, though, for SMU is the defensive class. They they could get absolutely punked Mm -hmm. by Houston's offensive rebounding. And if they just get second shot after third shot after fourth shot, then then, then it's trouble. But – yeah. I think they're going to be hype enough to compete there, and I'm leaning towards the ponies. Isaiah JC's been out still. I mean, I, he's not a huge piece, right? But it, he probably means something against. Yeah, I think replacement value line. is big for him because, like, Tristan Clark can play what ten minutes a game, fifteen minutes yeah. a game, foul trouble. He's never a reliable piece to play more than, like I said, yeah. fifteen. So yeah. I mean, Matt, you're right. The spot's big, but gosh, he just lost by fifteen to Wichita State. I mean, that was a big spot too, and, and yeah. the turning case is just bleak right now. Maybe they, they look have ahead. to. Could you call it look ahead? Like, oh, we got uh, Houston. Maybe. They're excited for this one. They're yeah, like, oh, free Wichita. We got Houston. Houston's four and one against the spread the last five, and I've and I've thought they've been overinflated in the market for a while, and it's not the case. They're actually very, very good. We've said it multiple times how good Kelvin Sampson is. Their offense has been unstoppable. It's a glass pounding rim attack, and I do think SMU is in trouble on that end. So SMU, Matt, as it comes down to most of these games, they need to hit threes and. They certainly can. They're the number one three-point attempt rate in the league. We know Houston packs it in, but still hard to shoot over this team. I, 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 don't, I don't see really SMU covering this game, but it's seven. I suppose I lean their way. Yep, it's been sitting at seven. I think you got bet. That's um, nah, been bounced around a little bit. I guess it's been right around a touchdown all morning from what I've seen. And no take really on the total. It's been bet down a point and a half. 
maybe it gets ugly, but I think that's when he needs to score some points to uh, to keep pace here because I think Houston will have a bloodbath on the offensive boards. All right, last game here before we get to the chat mob. Uh, we're going to Big East World. Seton Hall hosting Xavier. Uh, first meeting between these two so far this year. Kai, do we think Seton Hall is like back on track, quote unquote? They, they won two straight after that mini skid they had um, a couple weeks ago. However, uh, beating Georgetown and then Creighton at home isn't exactly um, a resounding, doesn't deserve a resounding vote of confidence. Here's the key thing is, is what is Seton Hall's offense looking like in a non-Bryce Aiken world? Kadari Richmond uh, played excellent last game. I think that's an omen of good things to come for him at the point of attack. Or do you look at that more as just like an outlier and this team is broken without Aiken on offense? Yeah, with, without Aiken, now their offense has improved a little bit the last two games, but you mentioned their opponents. The other three games he was out, they didn't score over 0.9 points per possession. So he is vital for this team. But Xavier on the other end is doing its normal late season crumble where they just lost at home to DePaul without Javon Freeman Liberty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's not good. So I wouldn't say either team's playing particularly well. They both have size, but I would say Seton Hall probably needs to dominate the offensive glass to fuel its offense without Aiken. And Xavier can stop that. And they have a few more avenues to score than Seton Hall without Aiken, arguably more talented. It, the line is pretty spot on here, but I suppose I lean towards Xavier, uh, Jim, if Aiken is out. Yeah, he's huge. I'm going to, I'm going to harp on it a little more. I know you guys already did. Uh, the, the data underscores it the day after he got the concussion. So after they lost to Marquette, uh, they were 30th in offense and 39th in defense at Ken Palm. They're now 67th in offense, 27th in defense. So clearly a shift that, that is very um, telling of his impact on the team, his ability to score, his lack of defense. They, they play a much bigger lineup when he's not out there. So his presence is big. I think if he's in, maybe the over is worth betting because it just is a, a yeah. fundamental shift in how Seton Hall plays. Um, but I, I don't have anything in this one. Again, this is, I guess Seton Hall's not quite bubble territory, but no. they're down to 10 seed on bracket matrix. They're probably in the last 10 to 15 teams that are in the field because they haven't racked up big wins recently. The Michigan win hasn't aged well. Uh, so they do need to start racking up wins themselves. Both these teams are, are kind of desperate right now. Yeah. Uh, no strong lean for me, but keep an eye on Aiken. Yeah. Just to reiterate, the spread is currently minus three and a half a seat in the hall. So just given home court is a roughly around three and a half on average per Ken Palm and a lot of other market um, analytic step baseline centers uh, market seems to think that these two teams are equals, which I think is a fair assumption. So yeah. um, let's go to chat mom. Who's going to be the czar today? I got uh, you. Jimmy. Jim, let's do it. Uh, Start with a trio from Pat Taylor. Uh, we'll start with Southern Illinois and Northern Iowa. Matt, we have a lot of Valley on the outline it. coming up in a bit, but this one is not anything for you. Uh, Northern Iowa did win um, in SIU. So I think SIU is going to come back with a pretty strong effort here, especially given that the Panthers are coming off that big win against Drake. Um, but I'm worried I'm not respecting Northern Iowa enough, given the recent changes I've seen with their offense. I know like Carter's been a complete monster lately, and I keep thinking like this team's not as good without Fife, but maybe they are. Carter's awesome. Yeah, he's been, yeah, he's been crazy. Matt, you mentioned coming off the Drake win. This is also the look-ahead spot for Northern Iowa to play Loyola. They play Loyola potentially tie, right? tie atop the league. So there's a little bit of a sandwichy spot, plus the revenge. I kind of lean Salukis. Uh, Kai, in the Ivy League, Harvard and Yale are playing a rematch. They just played on Saturday. Game was ugly, 58-55. to 55. Do you have anything here? 
Yeah, did, did Yale win that game? Remind me. I think they did. Yale won by three. Yeah, yeah. it was gross. But they were I, up most of the way, though. They controlled it. I think Yale kind of owns Harvard, in, at least in James Jones's tenure. I could be off on that. Kai, stat, I think maybe. you're right. I thought you were right, but 2020, Harvard swept them, I believe. Okay, maybe not. So uh, I, know, I was thinking the same thing, but yeah, generally in these. Generally in these matchups, I'd probably lean towards the dog, but with Yale winning that first game, maybe you think it switches back. It's hard to sweep a team in the Ivy. Um, the key for Harvard is those guys that have been out for a while, Ledlam and, and, and tread out. Not sure if they're going to be back in the lineup or not. Yeah. I like the over um, first game was really, really gross, but the team shot six of 32 from deep still had 69 possessions. Uh, I think we see a much more efficient outing before that game. The prior four meetings between these two had gone over with like, a 25 point average over margin with no overtime. So they, they were just shootouts. So I kind of expect to see yep. one of those. Uh, Matt, Pat T also asking about Oregon state and Cal, the under specifically, a couple other people mentioned curiosity about this one. I agree with it. Do you? Yeah. Injuries, big injuries on both sides. Uh, I think we're trying to, we're starting to see what Cal's going to look like in a post Andre Kelly world in Oregon state, like their front court was injured. Now their back courts beat to crap. Don't really trust either offense to score against either defense. So, yeah, the under seems almost too obvious. Uh, what's the current total? I just want to make sure it's a good price right now. I, I believe it's uh, 133. It's been bet down from 135. I'd take it 133. Sure. Ugly. Rocks. Uh, Kai, we talked about Cincinnati not being able to make a run at Houston in the second half. They didn't, they did cut it to eight, but not great. Now they're headed to South Florida. A couple of people in the chat. I think Domehawk really thinks since he's going to cover on the road, do you agree? I think so too. Yeah. I lean towards Cincy minus seven here. Um, the, the scary parts are South Florida is one of those teams that can kind of make games ugly. If this is super low possession, which the total indicates, then it'll be hard for Cincinnati to win by seven or more, but they are the much better team. Um, they've been playing like South Florida has been getting blown out by lesser competition. So I lean towards Cincinnati. Yeah. This isn't like a, a look ahead spot or anything for Cincy. I think this should be a, we're playing a bad team. We just lost. Let's get right. Uh, so lean towards the Bearcats. Matthias Domhawk also loves another road favorite, San Diego State headed to San Jose State, who has serious personnel issues. You've talked about it on this program. Do you think the Aztecs blow them out? Yeah, it certainly feels that way. We've mentioned how it just San Jose State's kind of a team you want to fade, I think, going down the stretch. Uh, I think you're going to see Tim Miles again play a lot more as youngsters, try and look toward the future. Unfortunately, the market's murdered the spread. It opened at like closer to 13, 14, and now it's up to 16 on the road. That's a big number. So I will be staying away. Big number for a team with a bad offense. Covering yeah, that. right. Like if Matt Bradley's not on, it's just sort of a, what are you doing for points, Tex? Yeah. Not saying don't take San Diego State because my number leaned that way on the opener, but just that's kind of like a sticker shock on that number. All right. Bunch of questions from Harry R. Kai going to you first. Quinnipiac at Fairfield in the MAC. Stags have been a team we've liked to fade, but they've been better than we've probably given yep. them credit for. They've been better. The Mac's weird. Probably take the dog in a Mac battle, honestly. The default, and especially yep. on the road, when when we know home court doesn't matter a whole lot in this conference. Um, I lean towards Quinnipiac. Yeah, yeah it's back up to five now. I got bet down, now it's back to five. So good spot if you want to back Quinnipiac. Yeah, I think it was seven at Ken Pump, so market definitely wise to it, having it lower than that. That's smart. Uh, Matt, Duquesne is headed to Dayton. Uh, Slew had no problem coming off the Arch Baron Cup and blowing up uh, an inferior team. Does Dayton have the same uh, good fortune going for them today? Yeah, it's a younger team, so you would think they'd be more prone to that emotional letdown. However, there is a massive 
gargantuan advantage in the paints. So if the Flyers can just play to that, I think they score at will uh, up front against a young, uh, crippled front line for the Dukes. Yeah, I mean, both teams are super young, so we'll see. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to like the under there, but I think maybe Dayton is a little sleepy on the defensive end. We'll see. Uh, Kai, Ohio State headed to Rutgers. Home Rutgers at the rack has been dominant. They just destroyed Michigan State. Yeah. Do they do the same thing to Ohio State? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I don't have much to feel in this one. I think three is pretty good line here. Uh, they they shouldn't, talent-wise, hang with Ohio State, in my opinion, but it's the rack. They're better at home. Probably just stay away. Uh, Matt, that was a road favorite. Do you like that road favorite? Ah, stay away from me. So hypocrisy on my end. Yeah, I didn't didn't love that one. All right. Well, here's another minus three road favorite for you. Wake Forest headed to NC State. I think we got to start coming around to the fact that NC State's not very good. I, yep. Yep. Just just got kind of crushed at home by Notre Dame. Got down big, fought back, and then got crushed again. Did the Demon Deacons get this one? I kind of think so. I don't know how NC State's going to stop Wake's rim attack, right? That's where they, that's their bread and butter and their front, or we know the Wolfpack's front line is decimated. Well, Duona um, came back. So it's just, it's he just did come back. Yep. Okay. So that's, that's huge. Um, so that helps, but still, I, Duoma's good. He's a little bit brittle, though. I don't really trust him. They had issues stopping interior scoring, even with him in there, though he was improving. I still think Wake scores at a pretty high rate inside. I would lean Deacons. Uh, Kai, we'll go down to the extra board in the A Sun. Eastern Kentucky is headed to Jacksonville. Uh, I like the under here. I think Jacksonville really controls the tempo and EKU's got some injury question marks. Am I crazy? No, I do not think you're crazy, Jim. Um, Yeah, I was looking to bet EKU here, but without knowing Braxton Beverly's status, without knowing Blanton's status, can't really back uh, the Colonels here. So to stay away from a side perspective, I buy the under lean. Jacksonville seems to control the pace in most games it plays, which means game's probably going under yeah. all right matt one more and then we'll head back to the outline ray reyes says he loves hampton plus 10 at unc Asheville. he's seen Asheville have some awful shooting performances what do you think here wow, he loves them man i don't think i can love hampton at any point but uh i certainly liked him a lot more preseason but it's been the second straight year in a row i've been burned by them i like the over a lot of points in this game for sure i don't know how hampton's gonna guard drew pember the former tennessee transfer who's quietly been a monster as of late so uh, I guess I lean Hampton. It's a big number for a conference game. Fair. I'll give him that. Yeah, Matt, I kind of lean the over too. Hampton's definitely playing faster in league play. Uh, so I think they are kind of a sneaky over team right now. Yep. All right, let's go back to the outline, Matt. Kick it back to you, Mr. Host. SEC country. Uh, going to Stark Vegas to start us off. Mississippi State hosting Tennessee. Big injury news here for the Vols. Oliver Kamwa. I get that pronunciation correct. One of my few. You got the, you got the I last I actually got the one right. Pretty good. Yeah. But not the first Olivier. One. Olivier. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Olivier, not Oliver. <laughs> Olivier Kamwa, um, who really emerged kind of out of nowhere. Kind of early the season has been the linchpin of that defense. The thing here for Tennessee to watch is Josiah Jordan James has quietly put together two straight strong games. And I've been beating this drum all year. Like Tennessee just needs like one or two of their wings forwards to step up and complement the dynamic backcourt. That's been awesome this year. So a former five-star recruit kind of coming into his own is a very good omen. Um, do you trust the Vols on the road, though? Because Mississippi State's been pretty good at home. That's my concern. I think Tennessee's ATS record on the road is pretty good, actually. Um, Who's it really? five, they have to like cover smaller numbers, so it makes sense. Yeah, yeah right, 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 yeah. <laughs> small numbers. This is a small spread, minus one, minus one and a half. It feels like it should be Tennessee's game. I don't know how Kamwa's injury is going to affect them. I think you still have plenty of pieces to make up for it, but 
he was pretty important um, to that team. He certainly came into his own this year. Mississippi State's no slouch. I can kind of see them catching Tennessee, napping here a little bit, um, catching him in a high poem spot and winning this game, but probably towards minus one and a half on Tennessee. It seems like the value. Yeah, on-off splits are actually like Tennessee's better without Kamwa, which surprised me. I did not expect that hmm. because he has been productive this year. Uh, but guys, I think this is kind of a JV version of Arkansas hosting Auburn yesterday. Both teams are, are worse than their counterpart in that game, but better team on the road versus a hype home spot team that's surging a little bit or, or playing fairly well. Uh, so I'm tent- well, I guess Mississippi State's not playing that well looking at their results. Uh, but I think Mississippi State gets them here. That, that was my gut when I saw this game, and I'm tempted to bet the Bulldogs. I haven't yet, but thinking about it, uh, that's, that's what I got, Matt. Yeah, torn. And Mississippi State has been better at home. So obviously, Tolu Smith back means a lot in this game, especially. Um, it's weird to think that Mississippi State or a team playing against Tennessee has a frontline advantage, but Tolu and Garrison Brooks, I would certainly give that front court edge to the Bulldogs. Again, a team I like to back more at home as opposed to on the road, even though Kai did mention that Tennessee has been pretty feisty away from home. Mm -hmm. All right, we're staying in the SEC. Staying within Mississippi, actually, Kai. Ole Miss hosting Alabama. Um, Ole Miss's roster is pretty decrepit at this point, Um, but, you know, they're well coached. Kermit Davis. uh, Joyner played 40 minutes last game. Joiner's back, but they're still down. Ruffin, they're still down. Allen, they're still down. Uh, one other, but yeah, but but you're right. That's a good Joiner coming just back Alan is enormous. Is that it? Just Allen and Ruffin. To, okay, um, but yeah, no. I mean, Joiner playing forty minutes is enormous, and I think he has to play all forty yeah, minutes. That just kind of shows how little shot creation they have. Um, is Bama angry after the what three for thirty shooting for, shooting display last game? Uh, yeah, I mean they get an easy game quote-unquote, after Baylor, Auburn, and Kentucky. That stretch was insane. I, I, I'm, I bet our, our Alabama is jumping for joy They get a team that's not in the top five in the country. Uh, yeah, Joyner back in the lineup um, for Ole Miss. I, obviously, they're going to play better. I was disappointed to find him in playing 40 minutes last game because I was on the under. I would not take the under in this game. I think Bama bounces back here, Jim. Um, I do think they get the win here. Not sure where the spread's sitting at right now. Um, probably pretty big. Six, eh, that's a little too high. I'd probably stay away. Yeah, it's Actually, in round six. Yeah, my number didn't have anything to do here, but I kind of lean Ole Miss. Alabama in these letdown spots after their big games have been really bad. Uh, lost at Georgia, lost at Mizzou, and Ole Miss is better than those two teams. So if they do come in like, ah, relax, exhale, we're not playing a top five team anymore, I think the Rebels will, will pop them. So uh, I, I'm leaning towards Mississippi, but it's not strong, and numerically I don't have an edge. So Probably not going to actually bet it, Matthias. Yeah, I mean, you just take a step back and look at Ole Miss's results the last five games, um, largely without key guys during that stretch. I mean, they lost at home to Arkansas by nine, but Arkansas, I mean, how good does that effort look right now, especially given they were competitive for most of that game and then just lost an OT at Florida. So, yeah, I mean, Kurt Davis, he can he can mix and match and, you know, smoke and mirrors even without some key guys. Uh, but as you guys mentioned, uh, getting Joyner back is pretty massive there. All right. Let's keep on rolling here. We got two Missouri Valley tilts to close us out. Kai, we're going to Des Moines to start us off. Drake is hosting Missouri State. The Bulldogs are looking like the Bulldogs of old. Uh, Tank Hempel looks healthy. Roman Penn looks healthier. And it's not quite juggernaut Drake from last year, but it's pretty damn close. Missouri State has that gear. The question is, which Missouri State, the Jekyll or the Hyde version, shows up tonight? Yeah, you saw Isaiah Mosley get totally shut down 
against Loyola, Lucas Williamson, who is the defensive player of the year in that conference and one of the best defenders in college basketball. Uh, that's important. But I, I don't think Drake has that. I don't think they have a, that type of individual defender. So Mosley probably gets his a little bit more in this game. You got Drake coming off that overtime game with Northern Iowa, you know, maybe not super fresh, especially a team that's kind of recovering from injuries, Hemphill um, in particular. And I think Gage Prim's a huge matchup issue. Darnell Brody's big, but I think they get him in foul trouble and Prim kind of has his way. So I suppose I'm leaning towards Missouri State at the current line. At the opener at minus two, I was leaning towards Drake for a simple value play, Jim. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards Drake still. Uh, Drake lost at Missouri State, and that was kind of the most state. Thank God we actually beat Drake. After last yep. year, yep. Drake had just taken every ounce of wind out of their sails. I think that was a big emotional one. Um, so now back at Drake, I actually think with the healthier version of the Bulldogs that we're seeing right now, um, I lean their way. It's not a great number. Um, if it's a close game, you're kind of out of luck, but I'm leaning towards Drake Mathias. I, I think Brody can handle Penn. He played really, really well. Uh, I forget which game. I think it was against Loyola. Brody had an awesome game, so hopefully he can play that well again. Yeah, it does kind of give me vibes of the Missouri State going to Loyola where Missouri State just looks like super nuclear. And I think their individual talent is still the best in this conference. I don't think the best team, but just on a player personnel basis, I think their their good is is better than anyone else's. Um, but man, I just like the way Drake's looked right now. So no action for me in this one. Uh, I am looking to maybe get involved in this last one. Kai, I'm on the fence. Maybe you'll talk me into it. The Braves are hosting the Blurs. Bradley hosting Loyola. Big injury note to watch here, though, for Bradley. Um, key catalyst, uh, Terry Roberts, is potentially out for this game. Uh, injured his foot, I believe, in the last one. As some rumors are that he is not practicing. I don't think that's officially been like publicly that's a huge uh, reported. But, but no, it's huge. Uh, big piece. So, I mean, their backup point guard, Mikey Howell, who I love from UC San Diego, but he's definitely not the shot maker that uh, that Roberts is. So trying to kind of quantify that part of the handicap. I know I always say players don't matter. I want to stick to my guns in that mantra in back Bradley. Cause I do think this line's pretty high uh, sitting at five right now, I believe. Four half, yeah. Yeah. Four and a half. I, I would agree with you that that's high if Roberts half, is in the lineup, yeah, okay. especially because Bradley had a huge lead on Loyola in game one at Gentile arena. They blew it game went to overtime. I think under is the best play in this game. It sailed under in the first meeting in regulation. And then it got blown in the, in, in overtime. And historically too, these two games, these two teams have played very slow games and very ugly games. Low I scoring as well. Inefficient. Yeah. Both teams. These are the top two defensive teams in the conference. So I think under is the best play here. Um, would lean towards Bradley. If Roberts is in Lola, if he's out. Yeah. The, the Roberts thing is key. It's, it's hard to give that um, give a lean here at, 1030 Pacific, if you don't know his status. I mean, some guys just mean that much where you could tilt it one way or tilt it back the other. Um, yeah, that Kai, I think you have a good angle too with the under, especially if Roberts is out. I mean, he, he is their key shot creator. They're going to want to play more slowly without him. Don't want to run with Loyola. And Loyola is playing slower in Chicago or in conference play. After all the talk about Drew Valentine, like let's speed it up. Let's bomb threes. And they did that in the non-con. I, I think they have regress back to Valley style, Matthew. It's just hard to, to play to Moser, to Moser ball, yeah. gunner gun away in that conference. The slowest conference tempo in the country. I think know? they have been the slowest for multiple years or like one of the slowest. Yeah. So yeah. Valley ball is that's just, that's how it's played folks. Um, 
like I said, I think I'm still leaning Bradley, even without Roberts. I, I like Mackie Howe, and they have other guys to score and create offense. I know none are as good as um, as Roberts, but I think there's ways that that Wardle can can manufacture some points. I just love this defense. Ari Boy has been playing good too, seven footer. Monster up front, seeing his minutes tick up, like actually playing. Yeah, um, it almost seems like Wardle saved him. Loyola, the top twenty team, arguably. I mean, I know they're good. I like the Blurs, but they have found their level, as we say, conference play. So I'm not like scared of Loyola doing the demolition ball they did last season. All right, outline concluded. Round two of mobster questions. Let's get to them. Stay in the valley, Matt. Right back to you from the Tooch Valpo at Illinois State. Alpo, both, actually, both these teams have front court injury question marks. It's Illinois State, it's not a question mark. Chapman's out. What do you got here? <clears throat> yeah, and Kithier for Kithier, uh, Kithier, Kithier, Kithier. How are we saying it? Kithier. Kithier. Yeah, for Michigan State uh, transfer. The Olivier the is in his year. head now. Olivier. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Trevor Anderson, Jim. So both of the Wisconsin natives um, are question or I guess likely out. I guess assume they're both out tonight. I'm not touching this game. I, I think Anderson's done for the year. Like a done for the year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't touch it without knowing those, those, the status of those guys. Stay away. Yeah. Kithier's big. Uh, Kai, a rematch from uh, the questions from Jess Whelan. Louisville at Notre Dame. I think we were all on Louisville in the first matchup and they had a halftime lead and they completely blew it. Yeah. Now they go to Notre Dame. This is, this is the interim coach in charge here. Can you trust Louisville? Yeah. I like Louisville plus seven. It's scary, but Malik Williams has been reinstated on the team. He's missed the last two um, due to suspension from Pagese. Pagese's first three games, he hung with Duke. He took UNC to overtime without Williams. Then he got blown out by Syracuse, but Williams didn't play. In that Notre Dame game, that first matchup, that was at the peak of Chris Mack, lost the locker room. Everything is going wrong for this team. Um, probably shouldn't have bet on that game, no chance. So I actually think Louisville bounces back here, cover seven. Love Louisville. I hate saying those words, but love Louisville. Yeah, I wish these two luck. I am not touching that game. Did we make? Did we mention Nate uh, Lazuski's injury? Sorry, I was, t- yeah, I was tuning out. Kai. That is big yeah, for the Irish. Huge, huge. They only that's, have that's what like that's seven, enormous. six dudes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, from Ryan Noker, Bellerman at North Florida. I'll take this one because guys, this take is the it. first time these two have ever played. They did not play last season because of the COVID condensed schedule, and that was Bellerman's first Division One season. I kind of think it's tough to see this Bellerman offense for the first time, but. North Florida plays that funky zone. They're not going to chase them around right. in man-to-man. So perhaps that kind of undermines them. I just – Bellman's not a team I want to zone. They move the ball so well. They can shoot. They can shoot, yeah. Uh, I'm scared of this one. Carter Hendrickson also missed last game for North Florida. I kind of like the over. I think both teams can score. Oh, Matt has an extra board take. Look at this. That's my oh, only yeah. one. That's it. Done. Extra board. I'm shutting the rest of the chat. Mom. I'm deflecting all the Kai. All right. Uh, Kai, here is an extra board question. Jacksonville State headed yeah. to Stetson from Fondell. Uh, man, what do you got? Much here, Jim. I, I lean towards Jacksonville State because I think they're awesome. And talent-wise, they're right up there, best team in the conference with, with Liberty. Um, but Stetson is just scrappy. Even without Rob Perry, they're covering games. So it's one that I'm just like, no thanks. Yeah, I nearly bet the under in this one. I did not, but I'm close. Yeah. That's uh, even hard to figure out for Stetson, too, yeah. without Perry. All right, Matt, from Renzo Bros, a game that you actually should have an opinion on, George Washington at UMass. We got give me give me some Jamie and Christian love. Yeah, let's go Colonials, baby. My G Wash Colonials. They were playing better lately. Don't look now. I believe four and one against the spread in their last five. They've not been as good away from home. Um, but UMass continues to ignore 
defense. And while they have the spurt ability that we like to regurgitate the term that Eric Musselman coined, they can go on big runs because their offense is, you know, they have multiple cheaters, but I think that the, the Colonials keep it close, play much better lately. Hey, quick uh, mention here in the chat. I want to call it out. We didn't talk about the legal thing. Malik Williams has been reinstated. Okay. So he I'm sorry. Kyle, I'm ignoring <laughs> he, did, okay. he did say he wasn't listening when he asked about Nate. Lizuki, I did. So I was not, <laughs> I was getting my, my takes teed up here. <laughs> uh, Kai from DeSizzle army at Boston university in the Patriot league, two teams that have, we thought maybe would be contenders with Colgate and Navy, but they haven't quite uh, mounted that to this point, especially Boston. You, do you have any opinion on this game? Not really. I early in the season, I would take Boston for sure, but they haven't looked great in conference. Heck they lost a Holy cross outright. So probably take the points here. Maybe that's just a good rule in the Patriot. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have anything profound. Uh, Matt from hot dog Tulane is headed to Memphis. This is the revenge spot for Memphis. This is maybe the best version of the tigers. No amount yes. and everybody else around. Uh, but Ron Hunter can be scrappy as an underdog. So are you willing to lay it here? I'll be honest. I was willing to lay nine. It got bet up to 10 and I was so willing to pass on this because I'm not very excited to back Memphis as a largest favorite, even though you mentioned the revenge angle in play and that the roster is like the utopian version of this Memphis roster. And again, I don't want to throw shade at you at Imani Bates. I just don't think he fits with this team. And I love what this team looks like with their best horses in place. Save Bates. Yeah, it's Ron Hunter late game. If they're down 12, he's going to foul. Memphis can't shoot free throws. Like, I, this is just going to be a scary end game, I think, unless they actually extend it to 20. Uh, Kai, I crap from... out. My internet crap out there for a nope, second. Nope, you're here. Hi. Oh, wow. Kind of like, like a little DJ shakeup, but now you're good. Uh, okay. From Ryan Abramowitz, Loyola, Maryland, headed to Holy Cross here. Another one of the Patriot. I'm sorry, you're getting peppered with Patriot questions. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'll take this one. I'll, I'll relieve you do. of your duties. Um, I actually lean towards the Greyhounds. Uh, Holy Cross has been a little feisty, but they got smoked by Colgate. And uh, I think we get an angry Loyola Maryland team after they just barely lost at Navy. So I, I think we get a little bit vengeful. Road favorite is the one I'm back in there. Matt, you have to answer an extra board question. Sorry, Let's do it. You got to do it. That's fine. Uh, also from Ryan, NJIT headed to New Hampshire. We don't know about Nick Guadarrama. He missed last Guada game. Daddy. Yeah. Guada Daddy. And New Hampshire's defense sucks. So do you have a take on this one? Yep, I certainly need NJIT, especially if you assume that Guada Daddy's out. But typically his absences are like one or two games. So I good chance he returns, and we love him. But again, with, with him in there, they haven't guarded anyone. I don't really understand why, by the way. It makes I no sense either. to me. Decent defensive team last year. They have year. like athletic long Good defensive wing. coach, I think. Right. Bill Herrian? Like, I don't get it. Uh, all right, Kai, in the SOCON. Western Carolina is headed to Chattanooga. We don't know about Vontarius. Woolbright for Western Carolina. That's huge. Uh, D'Souza also big for Nuga. Anything for yeah. you? If Woolbright's out, I like the under in this game. The market disagrees with me. Uh, it's been bet up quite a bit, the total, um, which makes sense in, in when you're just thinking about the game. Both teams can score and both teams can run. But I think Western Carolina's offense is a tragedy without Woolbright in there. They miss a lot of shots against Chattanooga. So I, I, I lean towards the under. Yeah, to be like the revenge angle there. Motivated Jim? favorite here with Nuga. Yeah, I mean, it's a True. big number in conference 17's play. A lot. But 17 is a lot. I think if they want to win by 25, they can. Especially if Wilbur's out. Uh, all right, we have two questions about best bets, guys. Do you want to reveal them now, or should we finish it up chat mob? We are only a couple questions away. We'll save them, holster them until the, the final shebang. All right, so we're holstering best bets. Uh, from Michael Zhang, he's asked a couple times, does... 
the mayor, Matt, does he get his first Big Ten win? Nebraska hosting Minnesota here. It's about as close to a, a winnable game as they're going to get. Do the Huskers get it done? I said that exact same claim when Northwestern came to town and then they lost by 50. So because <laughs> I'm not betting them tonight, the answer is probably yes, this is where they went. No, did I bet them? I did not. But because I did not, you should bet them. I bet they went tonight, Kyle. Yeah. How's that for analysis? I, I, I kind of think they win too. I also think the under is decent. Minnesota's going to really try to play slow. They've been doing that all conference play. Uh, all right, Kai from Ed Redmond. Does Cornell get to 100 today? They're hosting Columbia in an afternoon Gosh. tip. This should be an up and down, close to 80 possession game based on the way these teams are playing. What do you yeah. think? It's part of the reason I didn't take Columbia. The opener is 15 and a half, which is nuts. So high. Which is nuts. But with how many possessions this game's going to play to, what's the total? Over 160? Like, I, yeah. I got to yeah. be scared. Cornell can score, man. Um, I probably should be on the over, but I didn't take it because I, I just thought, all right, I can't go that high. But, yeah, I think they probably can score 100, and that's why it's a strong bet. I just read this morning that Columbia had a few of their dudes out with the flu last game. Uh, that's why like half their bench didn't play. So I don't know if that persists today, but it's something to monitor if you yeah, want I mean, to. They've lost by 22, 15, 13, 11, 19. Like they just have not been competitive lately in Ivy play and in a, in a fast tempo game. I actually do like the over. I think both teams can score a bit. Yep. Uh, but man, it is a high, high number. Okay. Last two before we get to best bets. Uh, another one from Ryan A. Kai, high point headed to Presbyterian. Actually, I just looked up a stat on this, so I'll take it. Uh, high point is nine and two against the spread at home, but only four and five on the road. Yep. Uh, they, they've been much more Ooh, mortal I, on the road. Nah, I buy that. High point, high point has a new arena. Yeah, brand point. new. It's like That's awesome. Like, it's like it's insane, dope. actually. Yeah. Yes. So I kind of believe, and they had a high home crowd. The few games I've watched, I've had a good good crowd. So I buy that. Yeah, and market back Odd. in Presbyterian a little bit here against uh, home or, or road high point. So, uh, all right. From Scott Craig, Kai, Northern Kentucky at Milwaukee. Patrick Baldwin Jr. is back in there, but they yes. had they laid a complete egg last time on the court. They're back home. Maybe they'll be a little more feisty, but gosh, this team is hard to trust. I don't think it's responsible to bet on Milwaukee at all because you don't know what you're doing. It's basically throwing your money up in the air and hope it blows one way or the other. I, friends I would don't say, let friends bet Milwaukee games. Yeah, I would say take NKU or stay away. Uh, righty, that is it for chat mob. I believe, I'm sorry if I missed a question or two, did not mean to. So tweet at us if we did miss it. Uh, but Matt, let's start with your best bet. I'll eat it off. I'm going with the itsy bitsy spiders, uh, Richmond. And I need to check the updated line. It's been moving all morning. Um, a lot of differing opinions in the market. And the key thing here is the status of Joshua Duro, who did not play in the meeting uh, between these two just two days ago. So we have one of these quick turnaround back-to-back situations now we go back to uh, to D.C., so Mason will be playing host. Spread's been hovering out of pick all morning. Now, Richmond did win that first game. It was a narrow uh, win at home without Oduro, so not a great omen here going back on the road in a game that they actually might get Oduro back, Kai. However, I'm inclined to think that he's going to be out, and if he does play, he won't be 100%. I think concussion was the reason he was out last game, but he still has that ankle-leg thing that tends to hobble a little bit and keeps him off balance. Also, I think Richmond can exploit Oduro on defense. Stretch him out with Golden a little bit, bring him away, yeah. runs with that backdoor action. Um, I like the Spiders here, so that's my best bet. Yeah, I almost took him with you, Matt, but I'm scared. I can't do it. Not yeah. a team you can trust, Kai. Yeah, if Oduro's back in, the revenge angle spooks me, but I, I, I'm hoping that just is like yesterday, where you get that basically pick him game, you're on the road team, you get the win. So 
Yeah, I would say this. If you like Richmond, maybe you wait if Oduro's in. I, I'm trying to read between the lines. It seems like the number implies that he is out. I don't know, though. It's tough to, it's tough to read. Yeah. Sorry, that's all I got. Go ahead. All right, my best bet is another under. I had Pitt under a couple days ago, and I'm going Pitt under again. I don't think they're shooting 50% from three for the third straight game. That's not happening. Uh, Now they're headed to Florida State, an athletic team that can bother them. But Florida State has some serious roster limitations. No Osborne, no Polite. That's two of their better shooters against a packed-in team that wants to play really slowly. Uh, So Pitt, Florida State, under 130.5. I think you're going to get a slow game and an inefficient game. That combines to hopefully this lands around 105 points and we rest easy and get to put our feet up. (laughs) That Uh, that is my best bet. All right, my best bet, guys, is Oakland. Oakland minus three. Yes, Ed, correct in the chat. This does mean Kai's in Oakland. Um, big caveat here. So Jalen Moore apparently wasn't about to play on Saturday with a wrist injury, but then he played 35 minutes. So I kind of think that's all smoke, and he's going to play. He's a gamer. Guy plays among the most minutes in the country. Um, super important. Even if he's out I think Oakland can still cover this, this short spread. They've lost two in a row. Well, Youngstown, I don't give a lot of credit to. I've said that multiple times in the show. And Jamal Kane won't be stopped. Also, in the first meeting, Oakland won by 15-ish. Didn't have Parrish in the lineup. He's going to be yeah. in there. So I like Oakland here, minus three. Yeah, there's a lot of games last night. It's going to be my takeaway until I scrapped it to actually talk about teams. But just smoke and mirror type reporting on guys in and out. So um, very frustrating. It's sort of I was demoralizing plays made on based on personnel because they, they all were in. Yeah. Tough. So I don't know who I if, like, do we need to hold B reporters accountable or whatever it is? Point being, it's demoralizing to continue to yeah, track all these injury stuff when half the stuff you're reading is, is BS. So we'll try to keep <laughs> up for it, but just know that what we say is certainly not gospel. If you have sources, uh, sources, inside sources, use them because they are probably better than ours. Yeah, and um, you never know. There's going to be stories that break between now and games, like Indiana's spending five of its top seven players. That kind of thing can happen. Yeah, yeah, that was a tough one. Are you, why are we going out in Chicago on a Tuesday? In like I mean, Evanston area? Chicago, like, Matt. You know this. Like, I mean, I know, but I've had my times on out in the uh, the town, but like kind of a bubbleish. need to make the tournament. Let's get a win. Dumb. <sighs> Stupid. All oh, right, that's yeah. all I got. I can't believe 20 and 21 year olds made dumb decisions in a big city. Yeah, I'm still making dumb decisions at 31. So, yep. all right, that's all we got today, folks. We're back tomorrow. Same time. Uh, good luck tonight. Let's get some winners. <laughs>